We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has laid out his vision for Missouri before state legislators in his first State of the State address. He covered a lot of ground, of course, and our political reporters, Rachel Lippman and Jason Rosenbaum, were there. Jason still is. He's with us uh, by a long line, and Rachel joins me in studio. We'll get their thoughts on the address. Uh, Jason, let me go to you first. I know you attended a news conference with the governor today, and uh, he uh, followed up on some of the things he had to say yesterday. Yeah, he announced a pretty substantial reshuffling of some of his executive agencies. And the upshot is the Department of Economic Development is going to have a lot fewer employees and a lot fewer responsibilities. For example, the Department Division of Workforce Development is going to be moving to the Department of Higher Education and also the Utility Regulating uh, Public Service Commission is going to be moved into an agency that's been renamed Commerce Department of Commerce and Insurance. The idea being that this will give the Department of Economic Development a sharper focus in doing what the governor talked about, which is training people for the workforce and creating kind of more regional economic development plans, whereas now the, the Department of Economic Development has a lot of different responsibilities. All right. Well, as I say, it's uh, hit the ground running after the state of the state. Rachel, what, uh, what uh, stands out to you? following that address yesterday. So one of the first things that I texted uh, Jason and our editor, Fred Ehrlich, when we sort of got the, uh, uh, the, you know, the gist of the speech and what they were going to do was it struck me as a very Greitens-esque speech, Eric, former Governor Eric Greitens, not in the, you know, the bombastic way he delivered it and who he targeted, but this idea of bold issues and reorganizing state government. But he phrased it in terms that didn't go after the General Assembly or after lobbyists or after anyone in particular. It was just sort of presented in a more legislator, capital-friendly way. And so he's advancing a lot of things, you know, this major reorganization. He's talking about no new taxes, commitment to life, that kind of stuff. Um, and But just the idea of, like, the, you know, these bold ideas, we've heard that before. But he's in a position where he can actually maybe do something with them. Well, Jason, he wants to do a lot with infrastructure. That was a big part of his speech. But with the failure of the fuel tax, uh, is there going to be the money, the dollars there to get some of these things done that he wants? Well, yes, because what the governor wants to do is take money from general revenue and use it to pay off, I guess, uh, was it, Rachel, $351 million worth of bonds to fix rate bridges? Yeah, it's like $30 million a year over uh, paid off over 15 years. Yeah. So, I mean, the money's there, it, but it does mean that that $30 million that would have gone to other programs in the general revenue pot, which is kind of the, the term uh, reporters and politicians use to describe this fungible set of money that has uh, it's easy to spread around with the legislature. Um, you know, uh, it means that that $30 million won't be going to those things. And, you know, even though I think that that plan generally got a reasonably good reception. Um, I, I think that the, it's not really seen as a long-term solution for transportation needs throughout the state. For for that to occur, it would probably require a whole other source of revenue, which the state has not 
uh, been, and by the state, I mean the state's voters have not been willing to adopt. And Jason, you can correct me, you were in the, the budget briefing that I was in as well. I think this is money that this is um, pr- already previously dedicated to debt, and it's a, a bond or something that is being paid off. And therefore, instead of going back into, you know, that fungible pot, they'll just keep dedicating it to just a different type of bond, this infrastructure bond. Yes, for about 15 years, which is, you know, a decent amount of time. But, you know, I think it's it's actually a, a smaller amount of time than than typical for for bond bonding. Like, I think the convention center or one of the stadiums when they were thinking of bonding was going to go on for 30 or 40 years. So it's not infinite, but it, 15 years is a long time. What the governor's budget director pointed out also yesterday, and I think the uh, Department of Transportation had did as well, is that 15 years, one five compared to the lifespan of a bridge, which can be 50 or 60 years, you are making back your investment. That was the case they were making is, you know, put this money up front. This is a, a lifetime or a generational investment. One of the things that struck me came from the Democrats' response, and of course they're very much in the minority in the state legislature, but uh, it seems the the only arrows they have in their quiver at this time are making sure that the legislature does not turn against the will of the people, as evidenced in the last, uh, last election. Any thoughts on that, Rachel? I think I think that will be something to watch is uh, whether right to work comes back, how they move around Amendment 1, which was more commonly known as Clean Missouri, what they do with some of the restrictions now on how state legislative districts are drawn. That may be <clears throat> that's more difficult to change in the sense that that is going to have to go to a vote of the people again because it is a constitutional amendment. But we saw uh, in a story that our colleague over in Kansas City worked on for us was that they've changed the House <coughs> rules to exempt some things that are supposed to be opened up under Amendment 1 from the Sunshine Law. So that'll be interesting to see whether, um, if it gets challenged in court, kind of where this is going to stand legally. So yeah, they are making some inroads or efforts to to go against that. And we'll, we'll see whether the idea that something has been voted on is powerful enough to keep them from changing it. Right to work will be an especially interesting one because that can be done legislatively. What are your thoughts, Jason? Um, I think that the Democrats are making that argument that, you know, they should respect the will of the people because that's really their only practical line of defense is trying to gin up public opposition to what I think the legislature is inevitably going to do. And that's put the state legislative redistricting portion of Amendment 1, known as Clean Missouri, back on the ballot in 2020. I mean, I don't really think there's actually that much suspense over that because Republicans in the legislature almost uniformly despise this new redistricting system. And there's there's a number of African-American Democrats who will likely join in on that vote. And since Republicans control the legislature by huge margins, the, the numbers are just not on the side of, of people that don't want to revote on that. So I think that that's the strategy of, of especially House Democrats is to maybe try to get ordinary people to call their legislators to say, no, don't do this. Uh, Whether that actually makes a difference remains to be seen. I will just note that in 2011, which when uh, some Democrats voted to overturn a congressional redistricting map, and and as I always mention, uh, Clean Missouri does not affect uh, uh, congressional redistricting, but the principle remains. You know, a lot of people that ended up do it, do it, did that, ended up doing that, suffered no political repercussions. So I, I think it's kind of, uh, I think that may, lawmakers may be willing to do this because they're they're banking on 
the public not really having a huge and emotional reaction to voting on state legislative redistricting again. Only a minute left, uh, Rachel. In the time that you were there, did you get the sense that the Republicans pretty much in lockstep with the governor? Any sign of any fraction or friction there? I mean, it'll be interesting to see on some of the new spending that he is advocating for, whether they go along with that in the budget. A lot of what he talked about is outlining his budget priorities, and that is always a friction point, no matter who is in control of the legislature. Everyone has their own priorities. Jason, you're still there. We have 30 seconds. Your thoughts? I think that Republicans are generally going to be in line with Parson because a lot of the things that he's asking for are not overtly controversial. Um, but I think it remains to be seen about uh, whether some of the will of the people things that we just talked about become a priority this year or next year. Yeah. Remains to be seen, the watchword at the beginning of a yes. legislative session. Always. Always. <laughs> Very Stay much tuned. So. Rachel Lipman and Jason Rosenbaum, thanks for being with us. So, Jason, when are you coming back? Uh, as, as soon as I post this uh, story and eat lunch. All right. Drive, drive safely, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Podcast episodes of St. Louis on the Air available at stlpublicradio.org, or you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcast app, or elsewhere. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh.